Welcome to the More Than a Game, a story about football and other stuff podcast. It is the aim of this series of podcasts to discuss the some of the experiences of amateur black footballers who simply played for the joy of it, but who had to endure the worst kind of abuse that went mostly unnoticed and unreported. The conversations are intended to be wide-ranging, thought-provoking, and entertaining as an attempt to find out just how did the cancer called racism infect the beautiful game. Has it developed from within, or is it what is happening in the football merely a reflection of what goes on in society? To get the conversation going, I'm delighted to have the author Ralph Robb, as well as music promoter, documentary researcher, and one-time football player Steve Byfield with me today. Ralph Robb wrote the novel More Than a Game, a story about football and other stuff, in 2006. The story is set in 1981 at a time of great social upheaval in Britain, in the industrial town of Wolverhampton the destination of my grandparents who had immigrated from Jamaica in the 1960s and where Ralph was born and brought up. More Than a Game attracted some very positive reviews and was described by one as an enjoyable and eye-opening slice of 1980s life, politics, and people. The theme we'll be covering today is sellouts or raising hope. So this theme is a little confusing to me. Was it just people pushing their agenda or a positive move hoping to raise awareness, awareness and hope? Let me begin by reading a short excerpt from the book More Than a Game to help explain my confusion. Courtney Wright thought of himself as a roots man, a man who was proud of where he came from and who bucked the system in everywhere he could. But the atmosphere around the town had become so poisonous following Devon Robinson's arrest, an attitude so polarized that as crazy as it seemed to him, he was in danger of being labeled a betrayer of his own people just because he played football. Hold on, he said. Sabina Park have just reached the final, the first time a black team ever do it. We're going out there and proving something. Proving what? snorted Oliver. That plead black people are good at sport? Man, it's time you made yourself aware. You think Laurie Cunningham or Viv Anderson pulling on an England shirt has done anything for us? Did he get us a job? Did it stop the police making up all sort of false charges and oppressing black people? All them doing is giving white guys a chance to make monkey noises and fling banana and not take a beating for such liberties. But me see the light. Any black person taking up sport where there's a war going on out on the streets is helping the white man by distracting the black youth from what them really should be doing. And any black person pulling on an England shirt, England athletics vest should be strung up from a lamppost and then chopped up as an example. The word you're looking for is lynched, said Courtney. What the hell, man? Now me own brothers are talking about lynching black people. It's crazy talk, guys, and the more you talk it, the more crazy it gets. It figures you'd say something like that, retorted Patrick. Ain't you the one who had all those white friends at school? And where were they when all those white guys jumped you at the Molyneux, eh? Courtney got up from the table, hating people because of the color of their skin, played no part in him being proud of who or what he was. Check me if you change your mind, he said to Oliver, but Oliver wouldn't be changing his mind. Courtney glared at his brother, had a thought about briefly punching both of them. But after a moment's reflection, he realized that just the idea of fighting his own family was a sign that he too was become infected with the sort of madness that was spreading all over the town. It was only going to take one little spark and the whole place would blow. Wow, that was a powerful piece. 
was this reflective of the times? Steve, what's your take on this idea behind people playing football and benefiting from it? Was it an agenda pushing or inspirational for the kids that were involved? It was mostly inspirational. The book skillfully highlights the lack of role models in the 80s and the heavy load carried by successful black people. I simply thought wrongly that they didn't have to deal with the same stuff I was dealing with. The late great Bernie Grant was a local councillor at the time and my father, who was also a councillor, were the only people I'd, I'd seen saying the things I wanted to hear. Bob Marley and the Whalers were in the top 10 and they were bringing a positive message of resistance and unity brought closer by, by seeing the band walking down my local street. I and we were really fired up by that. There's a specific line in the book, and it's where, um, I believe it's Courtney says, uh, any black person pulling on an England shirt, an England athletics vest, should be strung up from a light post, or lamppost, sorry, and then chopped up as an example. What's your take on that? Well, uh, it's anger. Mm -hmm. sure. I wanted someone to speak up for me, speak for change, make things better. I didn't understand why football players didn't, didn't speak out against the racism on the pitch. I think it was just a cry, as you said, Steve, a cry of anger. And yes. also, his, his brother at the time had just been kidnapped, uh, sorry, had just been taken in by the police and beaten. Mm -hmm. Now, as you said, anybody who goes through that sort of thing, your natural reaction is to be angry at the system. Yes. Anybody who such as pulls on an England jersey, you automatically think that he's put he's there behind that system and wants to be part of that system. Whereas he as a player at the time, his brother was dead and he was crying out for help almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yes. And uh, you know, the the main thing there though is that the players at that time weren't speaking for us at all. I know. No, it, I, it was a different time and era where they just could not speak for us. And it would be, be nice to sit back now, 30, 35 years later, or whatever it may be, and say they should have said something. But in that time period, if they would have opened their mouth, they'd have been gone. They'd been gone. Been gone. And then we'd have lacked somebody representing us, right, at that level. Okay, they didn't speak up, but they were still representing black people at that level and still laying the foundations of following people coming up, black people coming up, to move into that position. Black people still carry a heavy load indeed, even though they've personally had to work so hard to achieve that success. We're all individuals, we've all got our own goals, we've got our own path to walk, uh, especially young kids. Imagine a young kid, right? 1920, he's, he's not lived life yet, okay? He's pulled on English jersey, and then all of a sudden, right, he's supposed to be representing a whole group of people. That ain't gonna happen. You're he's putting your life on the line as well, your life, your family. I know, to get where he's got to, he must have had to make some tremendous sacrifices along the way. Mm -hmm. And he would have had to become selfish to a certain extent to get where he is. His family oh, yes. is behind him. This is number one responsibility, okay? And his close friends would have been behind him. So he's not going to jeopardize all that, right? Just standing up and saying X, Y, or Z in that in my community is wrong. That's it's 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 realistic. It's not going to happen. And is it his place, or is it the uh, local leaders, the government leaders, the politicians? Well, Bernie Grant wasn't elected as an MP until 1985. I'll never forget. He told the police they got a hell of a beating in the riots of the time. 
back in 1980s Britain. It was clear cut who the racists were. Margaret Thatcher was opposing international sanctions on apartheid South Africa and dis dismissing Nelson Mandela as little more than a terrorist. Bill Morris was rising through the ranks of the Transport and General Workers Union. When he was elected leader of the TGWU, he became the first black person to lead a trade union in the UK. Whilst running, he insisted he was not the black candidate, rather the candidate who is black. Bring the question. So, Ralph, uh, you've given your novel, on the front cover of your novel, there's a striking picture, and it's somewhat yes. political, and yes. it shows of a young black footballer watching the National Front march. So the yes. marches are carrying a representation of the British flag. Do you think that this misappropriation sorry, of the Union Jack by racists had added to the negative reaction within the community you lived in? Or to any black sports person who represented Britain and England? Of course, of course. Yeah. It's natural. If, uh, the, the, the National Front is waving the Union Jack in front of your face, right? Telling you they want to either kick you out of the country or string you up, okay? Mm -hmm. You ain't going to want to put on a Union Jack on your uh, tracksuit saying you're representing that country. No way. No way. Take an effort. Now, going back to your original questions, that was one of the resentments, right, with the black, with certain parts, section of the black community against Viv Anderson pulling pull on the English jersey. Exactly the same thing. You got the two extremes. Okay. Well, put it this way, till this day, if I see lots of Union Jacks in one place, I just feel uncomfortable. I'm with the way you. it is. I'm with you. Not just uh, the Union Jack, but when it's mixed in with the flag of St. George, you'd better turn to the other direction. Well, well Rule Britannia. Rule yeah. Britannia is, is topical <laughs> yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and I saw a photo today um, taking the lyrics out of it. Uh, because that was a discussion I remember having probably 30 years ago. Yeah. I just saw a photo of the proms with a sea of Union Jacks. Yeah. And that scares me more than, than what's in the song. Yeah. A lot of people don't even know what's in the song. We just, re just recite it. Just repeat it. I didn't see, I mean, in, in the early 80s, many names escaped me, but, you, you know, Cyril Regis, Laurie Cunningham. I, I grew up watching uh, players like Clyde Best, who used to play for West Ham. Yeah. Um, they didn't connect with me in any way. What really made a big difference to me is the 1970 World Cup, where Brazil came in and played the beautiful game. I watched that, and that was the first time I watched a group of players that looked like me. Yeah. And you know, I, 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 I share your... a real effect on me. Yeah, same here. Same here. As I said to a friend not long ago, I didn't really have any uh, role models as, which I aspired to be like when I was growing up. But the uh, Brazilian football team, when it came over, right, for the first time, you've seen all these guys playing on this, all these black guys playing on the same team as, as a national team, right? It was a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, absolutely. In my area, you had two football kits available in 1970. You had two, two shirts. One was a, a Manchester United shirt with a number seven on it. And the other one was a Brazil shirt with a number 10. Refresh my memory. What's the number seven? A Georgie Best. Okay. Yeah. 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 Who, who I liked, but yeah. Pele, number 10. Yeah. 
But uh, even though, you know, funny enough, even though I admired the Brazilian football team a heck of a lot, right? There wasn't an individual who I was, I would say, I want them to be my role model, you know? Okay, they portrayed another, a beautiful mixed team, okay? But I couldn't relate to any of them so to be a role model. You know, when I watched uh, Muhammad Ali, Pele and, and yeah. you know, Jazino, and I thought, we all, we all like they were so good that it inspired me. If they can do that, that yeah. was the first time I was watching people that gave me that positive, hold on a second, he's like me, yeah. and he's better than them. Yeah. And it did community. I was still working things out, but it kind of made me proud and made me look at myself differently. With myself, I wonder if there's a certain amount of confusion thinking, wow, how are these guys, how, why am I supporting a team halfway across the world just because they look like me? What's lacking in where I oh. live that I can't actually, you know, give my heart and soul to our national team, you know? Yeah. It's all, it's all I've never been a big England fan, I have to be honest. I remember, I think it was Norman Tebbit with his uh, Who Would You Support in the, in the Cricket Test. His nonsense. Uh, no. When I used to go to the Oval, England, West Indies, and be shaking my can with a little stone in it, I desperately wanted West Indies to win. Well, why would you support, why would you want to support a country that has been so hard on you and the people that are like you. It doesn't make sense to me, especially as a child, if I saw all that, why yeah. would I put my... my well, it goes, it goes back to the, to the question about role models and, mm -hmm. and representation. I, I couldn't work it out. I mean, I, I'm talking about when I was 14, 15. I didn't really understand it. They just looked like me. Dave, cast your memory back. Could you remember the time in West Brom they had a testimonial and they had a set of white team against a black team? Yeah, the Len Cantello. That's right. That's late, right. Yes. late 1970s. Yes. I know, man. It could was you interesting. Do such a thing today? <laughs> uh, I, I probably could, but it would be done for different reasons. Yeah. yeah. I, you see, when, when Len Cantello did it, I've seen accounts of the day, but it never really under, uh, explained why, why he did it. Why did he have that black team? Was it... A, a political stance, or would it, would it, would it, would it have been him who made that decision? I'm not sure. He's, I've never read anything that's explained why he chose a black team. Yeah, it's outrageous. I, I know the time, right? Uh, one of the players, right, he used, he used to play for uh, Wolverhampton at the time. What's his name again? Hazel. That's right. He didn't actually see anything wrong with it, as quite a few of the players on that team. As again, right, it was just they were all product at that time, so they could not see what was basically wrong, wrong at, a, at a very base level. Hazel also stated, right, that he, despite the, uh, that match being held in the heart of the uh, black country as such, right, the Midlands, very, very few black people turned up. Oh. And, on, and that's to ask the question, which I ask myself, why? It's an all-black team against an all-white white team. Why did not many people... Football-like pubs were always seen as uh, unsafe places to me. I never really... I, I went to football quite young, played football, but I was very careful, like, like you mentioned in episode one. Ralph, have you ever heard of anyone experiencing where they had to t pick a team based on colour? Uh... There was a time, right, when I used to play a lot of football as a kid. Yeah. All the time we'd be picking two teams, right? Never once. 
I ever consider having rights to play against blacks. It just didn't come into our heads at the time. Normally, who, who had the ball? He was king of the park at that night. Okay? okay. So we'd get somebody else, he'd pick one, other person would pick one. He'd pick one, other person would pick one. Until we, everybody was covered. Okay. So mixed um, race. Sorry? Mixed races, you mean? Oh, no, 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 not just pick one race. Pick, you, you pick the best player at, available oh. in that crowd at the time. That way it spread the talent out, you know, yeah. rather than picking one race against the other. To kind of do that. I, I used to have a friend named Don, but I had to cut ties with him many years ago <laughs> because of his, his kind of a weird, weird nature. But mm -hmm. go back to your question. He had a situation, right, in the area of Wolverhampton where he lived. Now, he's in the area where he lived, as opposed to the area where I lived, mm -hmm. it was a lot rougher. Okay, it was a lot rougher. And I would say, I think I'll be correct in saying that there was a lot less black people in there at the time. So they went through the experiments of picking white kids on one side, black kids on the other side. Then they had this dilemma. What do they do with all the mixed race kids? As a mixed race kid, yeah. in my area, yeah. we, we had that dilemma all the time. Well, not really a dilemma, but that situation. The white kids would pick all the white kids mm. and say, no, we're not having him and, you know, we don't want none of them, you know. But the black kids would always pick me. Yeah. So, you know, you hear about people having identity issues when they're mixed race. That one was answered for me yeah. very, very early in my life. And it was very important. I've heard people say that if you have a drop of black, if you have a black parent, you're black. That's what you are. So, well, society answers that question for you, doesn't yeah. it? And, and, you know, I've heard discussions where this is actually set in, you know, in the, in the colonial legacy, isn't it? So how did that work for the people that weren't black or white? Because I know there was a heavy Indian population, there was Asians. Yeah. <laughs> what would you do with them? Exactly, the, my question. The side track, the slight side track. Mm -hmm. A lot of the players at that age, right, when I was in my late... Ah, mid-teens, moving on to my 18, 19 years of age. All well, the best players at that age just so happens to be Indian kids or Asian kids, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, when you look back, when you look to the uh, professional level, okay, where are they? Still massively underrepresented. Yeah. Over the years, I've seen some of the best players I've ever seen from South Asian backgrounds. Mm. Never get through. Never get through. Same year, same year. year seen, after year. I, yeah, I've seen so many. I remember a guy, kid I used to play with called Narinda. Narinda Singh. Man, this guy, this guy could do stuff with the ball. Which mm. You know, it's that old thing about where do you come from? Well, I come from Peckham. No, where do you really come from? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. which is where is the black bit from? Yeah, and it's yeah. just a way of marking you out as not being white, you know, not being their group. They're they're just into a one race thing, aren't they? Yes, they and, and, and it's still the same today. That's that's at the heart of the discussion and the debate today. It's definitely, and for me yeah. personally, I kind of like toying with people when they ask me that question: "Where are you really from? Where are you really?" <laughs> well, and I go back through the lineage: the um, the Jamaican side, the si yes. East Indian side. I'd say everything. The Scottish. Yeah. Usually, people get bored of listening to me by that point. And I'm like, well, then don't. I'm a mixture of different things. So, yeah. it's interesting. But they still think. don't fully accept, do they, that no. you can be black skin yeah. and and British or yeah. or 
you know, American. They're, you're always from somewhere else yeah. in their in their worldview. It's it's strange, but it's still the same today. That's nobody ever discusses that. Yeah. But that's, that's, for me, that. that's that's right at the heart of it. Yeah. We haven't passed that stage at this time, right after Black people have been in England in numbers for so long. When will it ever change? Over the next few weeks, we'll be covering a wide range of topics, all relating to discrimination within the Black community, homophobia, misogyny, etc., etc. Make sure to join our Facebook group, More Than a Game. It's time to tackle racism. Or perhaps visit our website at www.ralphrob.com. If you have questions or comments, email us at ralph at ralphrob.com. I'm Kimberly Ravando Rob, and I am signing out. Signing out.